This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I'm your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we're reclaiming the narrative of fatherhood, one story at a time. You can follow the journey on Instagram at Therapy for Dads and our website, www.therapyfordads.com. Welcome. This is great. <laughs> I'm so ready for let's right. podcast this thing. All right. <laughs> Hi, this is Therapy for Dads. My name is Hunter Taylor, and I am the guest today with Travis Goodman, oh, who is the you. host. Yes, yes, good. I am the host. Um, yes. <laughs> so, Hunter, welcome to Therapy for Dads podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. Good. Let's hammer this out. Let's go. Let's do it. So, why don't you, you introduce yourself to everybody? Tell us about yourself. Sure. My name is Hunter. Um, I am married to Megan. We have three little kids. I have an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, and an almost two-year-old, all boys. Um, both me and my wife are attorneys, and we live here in Orange County, California. Great. What's it like having three boys? It is like the monkey house at the zoo every single day in <laughs> terms of like every <laughs> sense of, of, of what I just said. Yeah. Was that uh, planned or unplanned? Well, two of them were very intentional in the sense that we were actively, we wanted kids. We wanted to make sure that, you sure. know, we grew our family. Um, the third one was, you know, what some people in the South might call a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we, 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 we hadn't planned on having a third. That wasn't yeah. necessarily the goal, but we didn't sure. close that out. We yeah. hadn't like really closed that door. I think we were still, I guess I should say I was still open to it. Um, I don't know that Megan was as open to it, mm. but it's, it, it's been amazing, man. I mean, having yeah. three is just you you can't anticipate what any kid's going to do to your life sure um but just having him once you once he's there and you're holding him you can't imagine life without him so it's kind of on the front end you're kind of like whoa what's going to happen mm. and then once you have him you're like of course this is what life is this is sure. exactly how it's supposed to be yeah it's like life without you and you can't imagine without it right no like it, it's it'd like be nuts right he rounds the family out for sure yeah 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 and I actually get for the you know those who don't know I'm actually the godfather of of little Ewan. Yes, you are little big Ewan. He's like the size of like my oldest. He's just he's like a tall. He could eat other children his age. He's a cute kid though. I love Ewan. He's super happy. No, oh, he's a doll. No, he's yeah, great. he's super just a friendly little kid. But so you have three boys. Thought of like a daughter at any point? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when we found out we were pregnant with our third, we mm -hmm. had two boys in the bank. And so I was openly rooting for a girl. The mm -hmm. first two, I did sure. not care. Megan didn't care. We yeah. were open to whatever God yeah. gives you, God gives you, you're fine. Yeah. Um, openly rooting for a girl. Mm -hmm. Megan from day one goes, it's going to be a boy. Okay. Um, so she she knew. She called it boy from, from day one, okay. and that's what it was. But yeah. I openly rooted for a girl. I thought that would be great. Mm. But just seeing how our two older ones react with him. It, it's, it's always hard to, you know, imagine something other than what you have. Yeah. But right. definitely would have been cool. But statistically, I guess, you know, we actually asked um, a doctor and they said that once you have, um, I think it's two of the same sex that the likelihood you're going to have the third of that same sex is like 75%. Good to know. So you may be having a third boy statistically. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that stat. Sounds like I have a high chance of having a third boy. 
So for those who don't know, if this is your first episode of the podcast, I already have two boys and we're pregnant with a third due sometime around Christmas. And right, so 75% chance if you have two of the same sexes, did, did they talk about if you have like one of both sexes, like what the third would be? And I don't know what that is. Um, I just, I, I, he, he said that and I was just like, oh, well, know. wow. I think that's also like very easy to say when you're a doctor because he knew I had three boys. He's like, well, statistically, you were supposed to like, like he's comforting me. Was it comforting? No, he's already there. I mean, okay. I don't need he's, to be yeah. comforted. Right. Like it is what it <laughs> it's, is. It's, already, like, it's happened. Yeah. I'm already yeah. changing diapers. Dude. It. it doesn't matter what <laughs> at that point. Yeah, I did not know that. So yeah, I guess we'll be joining the Taylor clan uh, come uh, Christmas 2021 with a third. It'd be yeah. awesome. COVID yeah. baby. A lot of boys. COVID conception. Yeah, well, it's at the house, so it doesn't matter. Not where I'm sitting. No, not where. It's bathroom. Both babies are born over the toilet, so you're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the specificity of that. Thank you. No, it's, it's just what the position that worked, man. Squatty, it's like a squatty potty. It's great. Speaking no, of squatty potty, if you ever has, use a squatty potty. I've not used a squatty potty. It'll change your life. Did you use it to show the boys how to do it? I have not used it. No, well, they see me use it, but uh, their their legs don't fit. They're not long enough to like touch the squatty potty because okay. they're you know they're short. Yeah, but I'm not even. I don't even know why I'm talking about squatty potty. I don't like wrap them or anything. But no, it's great. Well, now you're gonna get you gotta some use one. advertising dollars for it. Well, you know, Christmas present coming your way. Squatty potty. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Amazon Christmas gift. I'll also have it delivered to your house. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but that, that's what worked for for my wife Anna. It was uh, that kind of squatting position over the toilet. That's what worked. Was comfortable for whatever reason. So both boys were over the toilet. So yeah, where you're sitting, you're you're clear. Nothing happened. No, well the stand Nothing up is actually here. no the stand up position like when you do Bradley method and stuff like yeah. that's actually super common and mm-hmm. super comfortable. Yeah. Um, for the mom, so that's actually mm-hmm. not surprising mm-hmm. at all. Better than the on the back apparently, which is like the most unnatural position apparently. So you got three boys. You and your wife are lawyers. Been Southern California pretty much mo- your whole life. You've been kind of ra- born and raised here in this area. Yeah, I'm an Orange County kid. Um, okay. So yeah, born in, well not not born born in Los Angeles County, and then okay. came out here when I was a little guy. But yeah, yeah, been here pretty much your whole life. Yeah, and you met Megan. Where you met Megan? Met um, we met at law school. Um, I was actually one of her like teaching assistants. They let students you know help facilitate. Um, with some, you know, kind of just after class stuff to kind of go in some finer points of law. We Mm -hmm. met there and then got married before she graduated. And then we were married for three years before we had our first. Yeah. Yeah. And then kind of spaced them out, you know, like every kind of three, four years after that. Tell us your dad journey, kind of becoming a dad first time. Like, what was that like? Sure. So, I mean, for us, the, the, with, with our first, our oldest Declan, um, it took us a while to get pregnant. Um, Megan had been on birth control. Mm -hmm. And so I think it took her a while to kind of get the hormones out of her body and stuff like that. Um, but we didn't realize that at the time we Mm -hmm. didn't do a lot of research. And so we actually were looking at like other fertility issues. Mm -hmm. Like, is there going to be a problem? How long was it? Took us about a year, maybe a little over a year. It's hard to remember at this okay, point, but sure. I, I do remember this is that I went and we actually had my sperm tested because we want to find out if it, there was some sort of issue with my sperm. Sure. And, um, I went, I think over the weekend and then a couple days later, like a Monday, Tuesday, something like that. Megan calls me, I'm at work and she says, Hey, you know, are you, are you sitting down? I said, mm-hmm. actually, no, I'm in the coffee room right now. I'm getting coffee. And she goes, okay, good. I go, I just told you I'm not sitting down in the <laughs> coffee room, but good. Because it sounds like she's setting you up for she You totally need to be sitting down, right? Yeah, and, okay, I, and I wasn't. I was drinking coffee, yeah. and she told me she was pregnant. And I'm like, I literally just went, <laughs> and I didn't even have the results yet from okay. the sperm test um, okay. to find out. So that was a waste of a test. 
it was it was a waste of a test. Okay. Um, I don't even think I ever found out what the results were. I'm going to go ahead and guess we're okay because I have three kids I now. I figured it was probably fine, right? I'm assuming at this point that we're all right. That'd be weird if it was like a negative test. Yeah, like, that's everything's wrong. Dude, so I, I literally, though, like with that same, like what mm. are the odds? Like you find out, right? And so it took so long. Yeah. Um, and then we had Declan, he's amazing. And, um, you know, you know, within about would have been 2014, I think. So within a couple of years we got, we got pregnant again mm-hmm. and it was literally like the first month that we we're like, okay, let's try again. Let's have another one. And sure. it was you know, pretty much like the first time out the gate, we found out we were pregnant again and very excited. And we started doing our, you know, doctor visits, stuff like that. And right, right. on the ultrasound, the baby's not moving, hmm. which at first is one of those things where they go, okay, you know, maybe the baby's just kind of sleeping. They try sure. to jostle the baby. Baby's not really moving. Um, but there's a heartbeat. And so, hmm. you know, you're optimistic. You're like, okay, everything sure. looks like it's going all right. And we end up getting referred out to a specialist. Hmm. And once we got referred to the specialist, we found that things were not forming the way that they were supposed to be forming inside hmm. the womb. And we found out pretty early on that um, the baby, um, where the baby to be carried to term, was not going to survive. Hmm. And that there was going to be, um, even if we did have a live birth, that there was going to be a demise very, very quickly. Hmm. And so we decided, you know what, if that, if that's the way things are going to be, that's the way things are going to be. Um, but we're going to, we're going to go and we're, we're going to carry this thing out. Sure. And so the, you know, the doctor told us, you know, a lot of the babies in this situation aren't going to go to term. We can't yeah. tell you what's going to happen or when it's going to happen, sure. but you're, you know, we, we made a decision as a family, look, we're going to go forward. We're going to see what happens and we're just going to play it out. Hmm. And Megan was about... 16 weeks we went and we did a checkup and there's no heartbeat Mm. um you know the baby had passed and and man i mean you know what's coming you know Mm. that that things aren't going to work out the way that you had thought when you thought you're going to create a family just those the i remember being in that room with megan and and of course you're crying you're emotional um because nothing really prepares you sure um for that and then they tell you you know we're going to have to do a DNC, you know, mm. the bit we're going to have to have the baby come. Um, and you know, they schedule you mm. and we were supposed to go, I'm, I can't remember. It's been so long, probably like on a Monday or something like that. And so it's over the weekend and Megan in the middle of the night starts having labor pains mm. and you're like, all right, we're not going to make it to our scheduled DNC. Right. So we had to go to the emergency room and they had to do, um, not an emergency DNC, but I mean, all of a sudden we're doing a DNC we hadn't planned for in the middle of the night. Right. And man, uh, that was, that was tough, you know, cause mm. they, they basically took Megan away. Um, and you don't get to be there for that process. Mm. Um, you know, as a dad, Jeez, wow. which is, which is crazy. Right. Because I mean, your birth plan is always like, you want to be by their side, sure. you want to be supportive. And we just didn't, we didn't get that opportunity. I didn't get that opportunity. And was the reason why you couldn't be there? You know what? Honestly, it happens so fast. Like you're not asking questions. You're not in your right head. Mm. I had this thing in my brain of, okay, it's going to be scheduled and things are going to go to plan, which is so stupid because nothing went to plan right from the get go. Why would it start here? Right. And, um, you know, she, she comes out and, you know, we've been up all night. We, we drive home and I remember, you know, I took her home, um, checked in on our oldest. My, my, my in-laws had watched him through the night the knew what was going on. And I remember I went to Starbucks and it was such a weird like life moment. And, I'm in Starbucks and this guy cuts in front of me in line. Sure. And, and I've been up all night and like, it's probably the worst night of your life, you know? And yeah. I just remember going, dude, 
this guy has no clue hmm. what I've been through because your initial reaction is to say something or do something. Right, right, um, right. I didn't say a word, you hmm. know, and it was kind of like a weird, like, life moment for me to kind of be like, how often do we do that with people where yeah. <laughs> you don't realize what people are going through? And, right. And so in a weird way, it was really frustrating for me in that moment, but also was... Um, kind of something I still think about, mm. you know, when I get frustrated with people or somebody does something ridiculous yeah. to where you're just like, man, I'm, I have no clue what you're going through right now. I have no idea what your life situation is. Right. Um, and so that was, that was tough, man. That, that was, that was really hard. Um, mm. and you know, the doctor said, look, you got to wait a certain amount of time before you try to have children again. Mm. So, um, once we got cleared to try again, we tried and how long was that? process they said to wait so that would have been i think it was 2014 um would have been yeah i think it would have been to what would have been 2014 when that happened and then we waited i think you had to wait nine months wow um i know megan would know better than me i'm just terrible with, with dates and stuff but i think about nine months and then you know we, we we tried again and it took i think about three to six months before mm. she got pregnant again um we had our second we had killian um, who was just amazing. And then, you know, we, we, we thought maybe we were going to be done. I didn't, you know, get a vasectomy or anything like that. And then obviously we had the third. And then as soon as Megan found out we were pregnant with the third, it was, okay, when you're scheduling a vasectomy. Sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, and so um, for the guys out there who are worried about vasectomies, I got a vasectomy. I'm sure there are people who are assisting with this podcast right now who will also be getting vasectomies. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, it's on my docket coming around the corner. Yeah, that's a whole nother sure. episode. Yeah, about, we'll, we'll about talk. That. Yeah, actually, we'll, we should have an. Actually, that would be a good episode to dedicate to guys who've had vasectomies. You and should. And you could just. We, you should, could, do, we should. I'll have a group podcast. Well, you remember like on Full House, the old Joey Gladstone? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The cut it mm-hmm. out. Yeah. You just we call the episode. Cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> and you just do the Joey Gladstone. Jeez. <laughs> Well, you know that that'll definitely be an episode because it's a it's a thing that dads not all dads but some dads face, and uh, we'll talk about the experiences. Before we go there, let's go back to a couple of things. Though, but sure. one, like you know that that whole experience, man, like that loss, like you like you said, first and foremost, like finding out that your baby, uh, unborn baby, at the time wouldn't make it. Yeah, and and then making the decision as a family to say, you know, we're going to just do whatever we can to carry it to just however far we go. Right. You know, what was that process like for you and Megan? Like the time to make that, I mean, that that's a heavy decision, right? Cause I'm guessing the alternative was now we, we could DNC now or, or yeah. wait. Right. I mean, yeah. what was that and, decision and like? T- to credit to the doctor, I mean, he was, he was cool about it in the sense he let us know what our options are, which is what I think doctors are trained to do. Right. Sure, and sure. so they basically, was like, you know, you, you don't have to carry to term if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can talk about that option. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was never something Megan and I had discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was kind of weird. We never discussed it, but we've talked about it subsequently, obviously. And it was one of those things like we didn't need to discuss it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's funny because from Megan's standpoint and from my standpoint individually, it was there's nothing to discuss. That's our baby. You know what? That's our mm-hmm. kid. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're going to keep going. Um, and if that means you have to, you know, deal with a, a birth and, and you're going to hold that mm-hmm. baby knowing that it's not going to make it, then we're going to go there. And, you know, it's interesting because we've actually had a couple of people in our life where, where that was their scenario, that wow. that's exactly what happened to them. Wow. Um, and I think seeing that 
and, and kind of seeing how they navigated that mm. um, gave us the ability to kind of move forward. And, you know, we talked to those people about it and we, they were open about their experience, which I think helps me be open about our mm. experience. And I know Megan's very open about it as well. And so I think that's one of the things, and I, and I, I love that you're doing this podcast because I, I think that people need to talk about the things that are that are hard to discuss mm. in parenting because this, it's not a fun talk, dude. Um, but at sure. the same time, I think we really benefited by people being open and sharing. Mm. Um, and so hopefully, you know, people get a, like a small dose of that from maybe this conversation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we didn't really have to discuss it, man. Like, it's weird. We just yeah. didn't. We were just like on the same page. Was like a felt sense thing of like something deep down you knew, like this is just what we're doing, and but we didn't have to talk about it. You both felt in that moment where this is what we're doing as a family. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Like, sure. I, I, maybe we looked at each other, maybe we didn't, but just it was never a discussion. Mm-hmm. And then even afterwards, it was just... There was no debate yeah. in how we were going to navigate it. But you guys are on the same page, it sounds like. like 100%. You both were kind of on that same track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gosh. And, and then that, tell me, you know, if you, don't, if you feel comfortable, tell me, tell me, us more about that day of like, okay, we had a scheduled DNC, you know, not a scheduled DNC, but like we're going to carry as far along as we can go. And then all of a sudden we have to go in and we're rushed in and then I have to stay behind. What was that? seeing Megan go and now you have to wait like you can't be with her during this very you know emotional intense I can only imagine procedure like of yeah. knowing yeah you know so many emotions so what was that like for you sitting there she's she's off like what was going on for you so in so, that moment so we checked into the hospital we explained the situation we let them know you know we, we were scheduled to have her DNC we had a fetal demise um and you know, doctor understood. Doctor was, was very straightforward about it, and um, they immediately gave her an epidural because she I mean she's in labor pains at that point. Gosh. You know, because you're gonna have yeah. you know you're gonna have the baby right. And so they, they gave her an epidural, and so I think physically that assisted with her, and then they were able to get her in for the DNC, um, and then they were gonna um, anesthetize her. They were gonna knock her out essentially. Wow. And so I think if she if I think if I knew she was gonna be awake through it, I mean I would have fought. There, there, you weren't going to get me out of that room. That's different. Right. Um, you would have been in there, everything you could to get in there. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what else you do, you know, right. um, but, but, but there was something about, okay, they're going to, they're going to do that. Mm. And there wasn't an option for me to go in at that stamp, you know, at wow. that point. Um, and I, I'll be honest, man, I don't know if you want to, you want to see that, like your wife's unconscious and like they're going to do like, that's brutal. I don't know that I want to live through that. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't know, knowing in that scenario that I would, ch- would change it. Hmm. Um, but, but, but that's how it went. And then sure. you're waiting. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of, you know, you're, I remember I went outside, um, I went out to the car, mm. um, and it's the middle of the night and I remember walking on the parking lot and then I went back in and, you know, then they wheel her out, um, and you're just kind of checking on her. And I just remember driving home, the sun starts coming up, um, and it's surreal, you know, mm. even my memory right now, it's still very like, it's very vivid, but it almost feels dreamlike probably cause you're sleep deprived and stuff like that. Sure. Um, but I, man, I can remember where we went to dinner that night, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and just thinking, man, I don't know you, you, there was something in the air. Like, I don't know. I had a weird, yeah. like, I don't know if it's like a premonition about it, but something seemed different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, sure enough, you know, we, we, we had to do what we had to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it sounds very surreal and very fast and kind of, yeah, dreamlike, like not what you expected or planned for. 
you know, and then now that's where you found yourself as she's getting wheeled off. She's out, but you're waiting. And what was that, what was that waiting space like for you? You said you went to the car, like what, like, what was that waiting time like? I mean, mostly anxious, you know, um, but also there's this just sort of weird, so what do we do now? Like, what does this uh, mean? Yeah. You know, like, and, and even now that I think about it, like, how do you not think like, well, are we going to have another kid? Like, mm-hmm. is this going to affect biologically, you know, how, how things are working for her? Right. Like, is there going to be complications? Right. Is she going to feel up to having a pregnancy again after right. losing a kid, you know, kid and just having, I think all those mixed emotions at once and you just kind of flatline mm. where you're just like, I just need to kind of just focus on her right now and you yeah. can't deal with your own stuff because right. you're going to have to deal with other stuff right now. Mm. And, you know, we were, were really blessed to be around good people who we could talk about this with, um, you know, like you guys, you know, and other mm-hmm. friends and, and, mm-hmm. and family and, you know, you know, my mom and, you know, her parents and just process stuff and yeah. process it from a standpoint of, you know, you, you, you feel, you feel guilty, you feel kind of, in a weird word, like embarrassed, mm. you feel frustrated, you feel angry, you feel just everything at once. Yeah. And then, you know, over time, just things start to tick away to where you go, okay, we can do something else. Like we don't have to think about this every day. Mm. Um, you know, we, we still mourn, you know, our baby, um, you know, every once in a while we still, again, what you have to know. Um, we, you know, we still talk about, um, the baby, we call the baby TBT for tiny mm. baby Taylor. Mm. Um, and so every once in a while, you know, we just, we kind of think about that and, yeah. you know, mm. the baby is supposed to be born in July. So, you know, in wow. July, it's, Jeez. it's hard not to think about that. You know, mm. Megan has, a a birthstone that she wears, um, mm. for the baby on her ring still. So we're still very mindful, yeah. um, of the baby's life because it was life and it was beautiful and it, it was short. Um, you know, so, you know, we have three kids that are with us, but like yeah. we had four, Yeah, you know, yeah. and I, I think we're very mindful of that. And I, and I think that's mm. part of how we respect one, what the baby, you know, what TBD's life was, but also, what we went through as a couple and I think it really did um, in a lot of ways galvanize Megan and my relationship yeah. um, to go through stuff together because I saw, you know, her metal and you're like, mm. dang man, like yeah, she's tough man to, to mm. be able to, to go through that mm. and to still be an awesome mom for three boys mm. is like, yeah, no, nothing's better than that, you know, in a lot of ways. So there's yeah. a lot of good that came out of it. And in terms of our relationship, but you know, there's always like that spot, dude. Like that's always going to be there. That doesn't go away. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, man. I can't even begin to imagine what you guys went through. No. I mean, I, I don't have a grid for that. Yeah. I've known you guys for years. I didn't even know that <laughs> she had the stone and yeah. I've known you guys Yeah, for years. No, no. Yeah, I had so. no idea. Like that's just like, oh my gosh, like that. Well, so, the, so the weird, so the, one of the weird things that comes out of it is obviously, you know, we had our, our third son, Ewan, who, who was not one of the ones that we were actively trying to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still obviously amazing. And, you know, if, if TBT was, you know, with us and that was one of our babies and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like the reality is, is like, I probably would have got the vasectomy after what is our second child who's still with us, right. um, but would have been our third. Right. And I wouldn't even have you in. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very hard to look at you in and, and to hold him and think mm-hmm. he wouldn't be here. And so, you, you know, you can't do the mental games of, well, like, would it, should it be this one? Should it be that one? Mm. And I just think in some weird way, like, things are just 
meant to be how they're meant to be. And yeah. I don't have all the answers on that stuff. Yeah. But to imagine a life without Ewan is very difficult. Right. Um, but to imagine a life without going, you know, with, without TBT and going through what we went through is also unimaginable mm. because it's, it's kind of just your story as a family yeah. and who you are. And like, that's just, it's just a story of you and like whatever your story yeah. is like in some weird way, like it's okay. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think that's where we come down on it in just some weird way. It, it's all okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, thanks for sharing that, man. That's, I had no idea that I, I knew the story because we were there kind sure. of around in relation with you guys and beginning to kind of develop relationship with you and Megan at the time. But I mean, just to hear it kind of now and just, I'm, I'm just feeling just, just your, emotional experience of it and then just hearing how Megan yeah she she's a very strong amazing woman you yeah. know knowing her and just my my love and respect for her even after this conversation has even gone up even more like she's just and for you I mean both of you just the decision you guys made too of we're, we're carrying a term and knowing knowing that it's not going to end well but knowing that this is what we're going to do regardless of what's going on. This is our call. And like, that was not an easy road. Yeah. So I just, thanks for sharing that, man. That's, that's like, you know, for anyone else out there who's, who's ever had anything like that, you know, hopefully this is a helpful story for you. And then, uh, or if someone's going through that right now, just to hear someone else talk about it, that's what this is about. And that's why I have you on here is to share this, your story, your journey yeah. as a dad. So I appreciate that, man. I thank you a lot for sharing that part of your story. No, for sure. And, yeah. and it's, it's weird talking about because it, it makes you sound so much tougher than we are. <laughs> yeah. That was before Keeks, Killian, mm-hmm. Kiki. The Kiki. The Kiki. Um, and then you waited nine months. And so then mm-hmm. how long after that? When Kiki, we found out you were born with Kiki, uh, pregnant you know, with Kiki. Yeah, it didn't take it didn't take as long as with Declan, and I think it was because the hormone stuff. So I want to say within six months. Wow. I mean, it wasn't quick, you know. I mean, we were still, you know, we were trying, but it still it still took a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, somewhere around six. Mm-hmm. And and you know that's a weird part too is is when when people are actively trying to have a baby, there's all this you know kind of mental pressure, and I think we felt some mental pressure coming back into you know mm-hmm. trying to have you know, another baby after we'd lost one is a very, it's a harrowing thing. And so for yeah. the people out there who've obviously experienced that, like it is really hard to be like, okay, mentally, this is what we're trying to do mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but at the same time, it, it's nice and kind of cathartic in a way to be like, you know what, but we, but we have to move on. Like mm-hmm. you can't just like live in those dark spaces right. forever. Right. And so I think nine months or, or whatever it was, I can't remember the exact period was I think definitely enough in terms of like being respectful to TBT's life and, and just being respectful to the weight of the situation, mm-hmm. but also the reality of, you know, we do want to expand our family. Like we thought that was important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we felt that that was very respectful. I think of just what we were trying to do as a family, but also being respectful to, you know, the fact that we, we, we lost, you know, a baby that we were very excited to have in the first yeah. place. Yeah. And, and when, when you, when Meg, and you found out you're pregnant with Killing at the time. Mm-hmm. Did that ever cross your mind again? Like the what if? Like what if this happens again? Like was it ever there or not really? Like, was uh, dude, totally. Because okay. because they they sent us back to the same doctor um, okay. who had been handling um, as a specialist who who had been handling once we found out there was something um, you know that was abnormal with um, TBT. And was there a diagnosis with that? Like was there like a th- like, or they just said, hey, this is just abnormality, or was it like, was it, there like a... 
it, it was it's definitely an abnormality and so basically as the baby's forming you know different things are connecting and, and certain things are not connecting mm. and so it appeared to be something you know spinal okay. um, and so that, that 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 wasn't working the way that it was supposed to be which was also leading to um, the lack of mobility and then lack of movement that we saw um, in, in the in the womb got it so so yeah you go to the same doctor and so you're like oh my gosh like it's like we're gonna see the same thing right. holy cow like you're sure. you're totally going through Motion, it. almost like your emotions are set to like dude it's prepping. the same doctor yeah. right what like, was that like to see him the first time of like you're nervous i okay. mean like you know with, with with our first with our oldest like you're just so excited to see the you know the ultrasound it's such an exciting moment mm-hmm. i can't wait to see it this one, you're like, honestly, with, with killing, my fingers were crossed and I was like, just mm. please, please let me see that baby move. Mm. And, and it's, it freaks you out, dude. Like yeah. it's, it's hard not to be in your head about it. Um, and then, you know, thankfully we, we found out very early on that, you know, killing was very healthy. Everything was okay. Mm. And we were able to, you know, kind of move quickly out from being with that doctor who was amazing. Um, yeah. you know, but, but getting out of having like a, specialist. a specialist, sure. It's like right? it is a typical OB. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then you kind of got to go back to normal, you know, in a, in a sense with right. it. Um, and, and so I think that took some of the anxiety away, like yeah. you're almost like graduating back into normalcy. Mm. And so I, I appreciated that, but totally nervous for that first ultrasound. Yeah. I yeah. can't, I, 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 I would be, this doctor was who gave you the news about TBT. Yeah. Of course you're going to be anxious or like, oh, what does this mean? And cause you're waiting for news. Like you're just, okay. Right. I feel like I'd be waiting for news dude. <laughs> of just, Okay, but then that must have been. Oh, I don't know. What it sounds like you said, relieving to be graduated back to like a normal OB of like we're not in the specialist of dealing with some one-off, you know, medical weird thing. But now right. we're back. Was there at any point like once you got back, did you feel that relief, or was it still kind of in the back of your mind of like not really settling, or was it kind of? I mean, it was very specific what 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 was going on with TBT, and so I think once you saw the movement and you knew that the yeah. specialist felt comfortable. I, I just don't remember feeling okay. that nervous. So afterwards. it kind of helps everything set up because you got past the point of which you saw. Totally. But, but if you asked Megan, I'm, I'm sure Megan would tell you pins and needles the whole time. Okay. Um, and so I think she rightfully so felt sure. that a lot more acutely than I did mm. um, in terms of that anxiety, um, you know, because that's her body, you know and I mean? And just, she had to go through so much more yeah. on so many different levels than I did not to diminish what I went through, but like, I'm also very mindful of, it's very different for her and, and right, more so right. for her. So I get right. that too. Um, but, but for me at least it was a big relief once we kind of got back into, mm. um, I don't want to say just, you know, traditional like OB or something like that. Cause yeah. that's still things can happen. Absolutely. Um, but that's definitely a big relief. That's a big relief. Yeah. yeah. They had Kiki who's healthy. Yeah. Strong has, and a lot of other adjectives. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's <laughs> what we would call our, our, our spirited child. Yes. <laughs> yes. I remember, I remember when he got his chipped tooth. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't even think he was two. Was that, before our, he was that like our, that my wife's family's cabin, wasn't it? The chip tooth, you know, or we, the, was it the second sip chip tooth? That might have been the second chip tooth because the first one. one I didn't even they didn't even know what happened. I came home from work and you know, Killian's missing half of his front tooth. I said, How'd that one happen? And they go, Well, it was either this or it was this, we're not really sure. Ah. And so that, I mean, that's Either killing. Or. Yeah. yeah, it's killing in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah it's killing in a nutshell. I yeah, you, don't, you don't know how that happens. I love that kid. And then there's Ewan, mm-hmm. um, who's just a bundle of joy. He's, he's, he's massive compared to other kids, which yes. I'm not, you know, I'm not that, which I'm is not surprising because you and Megan are not 
like tall, large individuals. Like you're, you're decent. I mean, you're, I, I don't know, average, right? I mean, I'm physically imposing. I yeah, think you're is very what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that's that happens. You, you are quite physically. No, I mean, you know, I'm very average. You know, Megan's like five nine, so she's yeah, tall. she's taller, for, relatively taller for yeah, a woman, but right, like above average. We're not by anything. And then no, you're like six five. But, but that's oh, dude. But here's the thing. That's that's the trip about all your right. kids, right? Is that you have. Every kid physically is different. Yeah, absolutely. Like in terms of size. So like our youngest is physically our largest through and through. Oh, he's he is the largest. He's yeah, he's like but the size you see, of like But my then elder. you see personality wise too that every single one of them is so different. And you raise them in the same house and you treat them the same way and you give them the same resources. Right. And then nature laughs at you and goes, Yeah, nice try. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think he's gonna be a like over easily over six foot, that kid. I think so. Down. You know, his, 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 he's already like as tall as like my eldest. He's like, walk <laughs> up and they're like hugging him. Like that's Ewan. My godson is the size of my, my son. He's he, how old is Ewan now? How old? He'll be two in July. He'll be two in July. He's like the same height as my son. Who's four in July. They're like, they come, they're like, he's like right there with them. And his head is bigger than my son's. Well, so we make, we make big headed. Yes, you do. A lot of brains in there. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what, what has been, you know, shifting gears that we just, yeah. we talked about some really just hard trial that you and Meg faced and really got through it. And, and I know that it's always good to hear when, when I hear friends go through such a trying time that, that end up closer together and more loving and yeah. more bonded and strengthened from it versus the other way. Cause I know the circumstances for some couples, it just tears them apart. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I'm always hoping couples get through that. And for yeah. you guys, I love that as our friends, knowing that you were able to kind of navigate such a really difficult season. So, shifting gears, what has been the most rewarding or exciting thing about being a dad at this stage? I think the most rewarding thing at this point, just seeing how you connect with them organically hmm. because dude, honestly like be real like you come in with these preconceived notions of parenthood like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna be this kind of dad and i'm gonna have this kind of kid mm-hmm. and then you see it in action and you're like okay i'm not that kind of dad and they're not that kind of kid yeah but you still formulate just day in and day out by doing those little things and having these little shared experiences you formulate this relationship that is is different than I think you have planned in your head. Yeah, but becomes like you. You know what I'm saying? And like, and, it, and and they become them. And and to see how you connect and how you work as a family mm. is just awesome. And the and the things that you connect over are not even things you necessarily even like cared about or thought mm. about before you had kids. But because your kid cares about it, right. you're like, oh, this is what you're into. Like you're into fishing all right, I guess like we're going to go fishing, you know, and just having those times and realizing Mm. like, man, I can expand too and I can grow because you're, you know, six years old and some reason you want to go fishing and now you're making me grow Mm. is awesome. Like that to me is like the most rewarding thing is just seeing their growth and how it shapes your family's growth and Mm. then individual growth. And like, I know it's kind of weird. I'm not trying to be like deep and cheesy, but like, that's cool, man. Mm. And and you don't, nobody tells you that's going to happen. Because they can't tell you how it's going to happen for your family. It's going to be different for every family, but that's been great for us. Yeah. And each kid, right? It's that, what are they into? How can you engage them where they're at? And that's been the most rewarding thing right now is seeing kind of like, it it sounds like in a way expanding you beyond your kind of typical comfort zone and what you're used to. Yeah. Um, Totally. And learning to get to know, you know, Declan, Kiki, and Ewan. 
in mm-hmm. their own way. So that's been the most rewarding thing. Well, easily just like seeing how your relationship shapes in a way mm-hmm. that you didn't anticipate yeah. is awesome. Some stuff goes to plan. Yeah. Most of it does not. So, so what is one, you know, top of your head you're talking about right now, what's one way that's like, hey, I didn't anticipate this way, but it, it it's going this way and it's exciting. Like what's one thing you're like, oh, I definitely did not see this, but I'm finding myself in this space. So with Killian, my, my, my middle kid, is he is so imaginative in his stories, mm-hmm. but he's super into like, monsters and just like like he loves Frankenstein right like it's the weirdest thing he's a four year old and he's super pumped on Frankenstein like the original Frankenstein or like dude he has no idea what Frankenstein is I don't even sure. know where he picked it up but like he's so into monsters and different stuff so we developed like our own little universe that we call the Phantom Friends which is like and you created this we created this and it's just we, like oh, collectively you, collectively like you Declan Kiki Ewan? Dex kind of on the outside, though, okay. I'll be honest with it. Ewan doesn't care. Ewan, yeah. Ewan, Ewan's just like being a mushball. But <laughs> but but Killian like knows about like it's like he, he came up with this. Like he so he knows like that that there's a thing like that's Frankenstein. He knows that there's a wolf man. Okay. He knows that there's mummies, like and he understands this. And so we just collectively started telling just goofy stories about how they're friends and they hang out and they basically go on adventures with each other. Wow. And there's no way in a million years I would have thought, you know, at night he's going to be begging me for stories about, you know, the Wolfman and Frankenstein <laughs> and Dracula. And you do all these stupid voices oh, for man. him, which you think are so dumb. And he's just they loving it. it. Yeah. Oh, my God. They just love it. Yeah. And just you just don't see your life going that way. Wow. And you're like, I spend... 8% of my day now just doing stupid voices for kids. Like, you don't know you're going to do that. Like, Dude. But that's awesome. Well, the next few years, if there's a, you know, some type of show called Phantom Friends, we know where it came from. So, you know, we should, I don't know, do we need to copyright that name right now? I feel like this is a, in the, in the mind of Kiki, man, he's going to come up and start off writing some show well, he's for got, kids. He's got two attorneys for parents. That's so good. So people yeah, try you, to steal it, we're, we're, we're on <laughs> that's it. good. You guys know all the legal stuff. Yeah. Got Phantom Friends. Did he come up with the name? I think Declan did actually. I think he he heard what Overheard, we were doing, yeah. and I it think is, he came up with it. Phantom friends, and so he's into it too. But like, just he's not the one begging for it tonight. But like, that's like killing. Like we like you oh, tuck him amazing. in. He's like, are we gonna do Phantom Friends tonight? Oh man, it's awesome, dude! What a great way to connect with your kids. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. Does yeah. you and listen, or does he just kind of? You know, he's usually Meg. You know, Megan's usually got him down at that point, got and him. and he doesn't. He he knows that I'll do like voices and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but he's more just doing his own thing at this point but he'll be in there soon enough yeah he'll, he'll be in he'll be in i could see him seeing saying that phantom friends yeah phantom friends <laughs> his little voice <laughs> i love exactly. his voice so last question to kind yeah. of wrap up you know the pod for tonight you know if you leave your kids your boys or you know you got three boys if you leave them with one thing only what would that be so i've always taught them my older boys and, and i'm gonna start with you and um he's, he's not quite there but he'll be there probably within the next year um, I always tell him that the most important thing in life is to love God. Hmm. And so I ask him, I say, what's the most important thing in life? And they know to love God. Hmm. And then I say, what's your number one job? Protect my brothers. Hmm. And so I'm not going to stray from that. Um, that, that sure. that's, that's my thing. I always want them to know that the most important thing they need to do is love God yeah. and that their number one job is to protect their brothers. Hmm. Um, and, and, and that's different because it, it's not love your brothers. <laughs> Right, like it's, it's 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 not that it's protect them um, okay. because because that's different. Um, okay. you know, they they have to do that regardless of how they're feeling 
They have Got to do it. that regardless of what their situation and what their scenario is, mm. and that's hard for them. Mm. Um, but but it is really cool to see that in action. So I mean, even if you just see, you know, one of the kids get hurt because they fell yeah. down, um, or you know, they drop something on themselves, you can see them be empathetic with one another and and look out for each other. And you know, if they're on a playground type scenario, like you can see them kind of hawk other kids and kind of look at them like. Dude, that's my brother. Don't be messing with my brother. Okay. Um, and, and it's not that we're, you know, raising them obviously to be aggressive or anything, but, but we're raising them to have the awareness that, you know, family matters yeah. and that their brotherhood matters. Mm. And so that's what I want them to grow up with is, is to kind of have like that ethos of like what it means to be in our family and what mm. it means to be brothers with one another. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would, if I can give them anything, I mean, I hope they walk away with that. What does it mean to love you, like to protect and love your brothers? You protect your brothers because... Well, I mean, you protect your brothers because because that's what love is, right? Love love is protection. It doesn't mean physical protection. It means emotional protection. Mm. It means physical protection. Sure. It means spiritual, spiritual protection. It means being accessible and being available mm. and also doing the right thing by each other. It, it's mm. not abusing each other. It's not taking advantage of the fact that one of them may be physically bigger right now right. or, you know, has the toys that the other one wants. Right. Wow. It's realizing, you know, we're a unit that we work together yeah. and that that's how we function. Sure. Um, and hopefully that small foundation helps create the bedrock for their larger foundation as they mm. move through life. Yeah. Um, but just even as little kids to see, that start to work. And if they can just build on that, I mean, not mission accomplished as a dad, but, but Holy cow, that's, like, big, that's one of those things I would be very pleased with yeah. if, if they're able to take that. Yeah. That's a big win. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for going a little deeper. It makes, gives me more context and sense of, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm it's, deep Travis. I, yeah. Yep. I'm deep. Definitely. <laughs> Especially how the podcast started off <laughs> very deep. Um, well, dude, honor, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for sharing just the whole story of just with, that, that's super difficult season, but then kind of the, the, yeah. the wonderful blessing of your other two boys, like you said, with you and like what came out of that was a wonderful third boy would never trade in for anything else. And then now having these three brothers and teaching them loving each other and all that that means, you know, holistic like love, I'm yeah. hearing protection of like the, the physical, the mental, the emotional, like that kind of bond that you're hoping to instill in them at a young age. So I appreciate just coming on and sharing your heart and, my hope is other dads get to just relate to some of the difficulty you went through, even a smidgen of it and saying, yeah, okay, there's other dads that have struggled too. And and you're one of them. Um, So I just appreciate just your openness and vulnerability, man. Totally. You know, and yeah, it does it. You still think about stuff. I mean, it's still going to be difficult, but there are moments and there are seasons and there are chapters and you know, the beauty of life is one way or another, you know, by hook or by crook, you're going to get through it. Yeah. Um, And so you know, the ability to talk about it is another way of me getting through it. So I appreciate mm-hmm. the opportunity to do it, man. Yeah, man. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Have you on soon. All right. See Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone. <laughs>